James earns millions from internet marketing. Tim's got millions of questions. Welcome to Freedom Ocean. Now, jump on, jump on in. on. James Shrampko, welcome back to the Freedom Ocean, my friend. I love the Freedom Ocean. I do too. What do you <laughs> love about it? Well, I love the fact that it's it's uh, it, it's so wide open. There is there's really no limit, and that is exciting because it challenges you. It makes yeah. you feel alive. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. The ocean is one of the great energy sources. So, I think we're onto something there. Mate, we've covered a lot in the first three episodes. I would love, as I said at episode two, uh, I would still love to be able to say we've been inundated with uh, inquiries and questions and listener feedback, but it's still the same day that we started episode one at. So (laughs) we're just rolling out these episodes one after the other, and they will slowly find their way onto iTunes. So I reckon by about episode five or six or seven, we can actually confidently say... We've got some feedback. Yes. Well, you know, this, this is something interesting about internet marketing, which is the topic of our entire uh, podcast series here, is that quite often you'll be creating content or putting out a business model where you don't really know for certain if it's going to be successful. Mm. You might be able to filter it down and get it close to the mark, and I think we'll probably cover that in one of today's topics, which is uh, the biggest mistakes that people make. Yeah, absolutely. The, um, one of the great things about internet marketing too, though, is that the, the, the risk is not as high as it would be if you were actually you know, going to a bricks and mortar business or you know, carrying huge amounts of stock. or you know, the, the, the barriers to entry just aren't as high, are they? Yeah, and that means a few things. Uh, one is just about any lunatic can get online <laughs> and be your competitor yeah, yeah so, that's right you know a low barrier to entry hello to all you lunatics <laughs> also means that you know anyone can get online so there is a little bit of noise and a bit of clutter and uh, the good thing about it though if you're listening to this podcast which i'm guessing you are because you're hearing me right now correct then you will have a far greater advantage than the average person online and th- yeah. that's what is essential when you do the online thing, get the best information you can and implement it and you will be able to shine compared to the competitors. Yeah, yeah. And look, you and I, just before we hit the record button on this episode, had a, had a great discussion. In fact, you gave me some fantastic advice and, and it, Penny really started to drop to see just how easy it can, can be. There's magic in the action. There's no doubt about that. The modular nature of everything we're talking about, how one can slip easily into the other, one plays off the other, one adds value to the other. So the idea of maybe running webinars and then turning that into some product that has some affiliate links in it, which off the back of that allows you to build a list that you can then feed additional information to. And gosh, you know, fantastic to be able to sort of see that as a... As a it really is like uh, Legoland. Yeah, you know, it is. <laughs> you know, Don't cheapen it. Well, no, we've got... I don't think Lego's cheap, by the no, way. No, I don't. You've either. got kids. fantastic. <laughs> Love Lego, but, you know, you can snap lock these things into different formations. And what, what I'd like to, us to achieve is to have our audience get comfortable with the building blocks. 
And yeah. you know, once they're empowered with that, it's amazing what you can create. So I think we should push through, okay. get into the next phase. Well, before we talk about um, things to avoid when launching an internet marketing business, I'm just interested to ask you, what, what would you if you were starting out today, what would you do differently from when you started out six years ago? Okay, well, uh, the biggest mistake I made was trying to find everything for free. And we sort of covered that in the last discussion. And that, that is, I think it took me a full nine or ten months. I can't remember exactly, but about that long until I bought my first ebook for 30 something dollars. <laughs> and I, just, I was just loath to spend money on this thing. But here's the, the funny thing I was getting paid about $300,000 a year in my job. And I was in a, a professional field where we paid thousands for people to get trained in, in how to sell. And yet I wouldn't spend even $30 to, on an information product that yeah. would teach me how to, to learn internet marketing faster. So here I was for hours and hours and hours fumbling my way through from the most basic level, you know, of even trying to learn how to use the computer. And I, I mean... I should have seen it so much earlier. And, and the core lesson that I got then is, you know, since I switched on to uh, getting the right information, there's not a resource that I won't buy at the drop of a hat if it is the right resource, if it's going to save me time and if I can make more money back than what I spend on it, I am all over it. Mm. Yeah, that's good advice because there is a lot. Well, I, there is a lot of stuff out there. And some of it, you can look at the price and go, oh, gee, is that really going to give me some of the return that I'll need to cover the cost? But you do, you have to buy the bullet and, and, and buy some stuff. Because, you know, the, the funny thing is, funny or not, you know, like there's a lot better quality of information online than going down to the local bookshop. There's, oh, no there's, there's heaps of stuff. And, and, you know, people have already done just about everything you could think of and taken it to a higher level. Yep. And, you can and, and very niche information online. Like, and I was in a bookshop, a really good bookshop the other day, and there was this really quite good-looking book on Twitter. Oh, that'd be pretty cool. And I went to buy it. I thought, you know what? Anything in that book, A, is outdated, and B, I'm going to find that and better online as an information product. Yeah, probably cheaper right. too. Well, you'll probably stumble over some high-quality free podcasts, uh, for example. Yeah. Now, I want to just caution people about free because I see this as some type of obsession online, people mm. looking for free, free, free. And I want to challenge that because I don't know of many businesses where everything is free. You know, a real business has got costs. Uh, even a restaurant, you know, they have to buy food, they've got to buy, they have to pay staff, and they've got to get furniture and, and a, you know, kitchen appliances and stuff. Now, if they got everything for free, would you be worried about where they got that yeah, from? Yeah, exactly. You know, are they like cruising the streets at night looking for spare tables and chairs? You get what you pay for, huh? I think if you're, if you're careful and you do your research, yes, you can make wise purchasing decisions that are going to fast track your success. So don't be obsessed with free this, free that. In almost every case, the paid version of a solution will give you more features and a, and a better result than the free version, you know, with the exception of, of some of the most established items out there, such as Google, for example. I mean, that's a free thing that has fantastic level of, of um, deliverability for things like Gmail, for, for managing email. It's probably better 
than Outlook, which is the Microsoft paid you know, solution. So, As an internet marketer, can you give away too much for free? I think you can train your customers to never buy anything from you. <laughs> so there is that element. I think it's, it's something you have to be careful of. Mm. See a lot of it. You know, people would argue that, oh, you know, you can't give away too much because if they love what you're giving away, they're going to kind of want to come and buy from you and use, use your services anyway. But there is a lot being given away, and it just cheapens the other stuff. Yeah, well, there's a few arguments either way. But in any case, you will, as, a, as an internet marketer or within your internet marketing division or campaigns, you will have some free content at some point, more than likely, as an entry point for people because there's really no resistance to free. People don't guard their time as much as they should. Therefore, they'll go out of their way to get something for free, even if it takes them 10 hours, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, versus a 10-minute paid solution in some cases. Yep. So, you know, it's fascinating. Someone will drive across town to save $3 on an item and spend $4 in petrol. Mm. You know, so people do go a bit crazy with free stuff. What else would you do differently? Uh, The other thing is I wouldn't fuss so much about uh, design elements in the beginning. I I spent a lot of hours mucking around with my web templates. You know, I I actually learnt too many things. That's that's probably the, the third one. You don't need to know a lot of the stuff that you might think you need to know. You know, if you were to say to me, Tim, I'm not a tech person, I'd say, that's fine. You don't have to be. Because there's plenty of tech people, as we covered in the other episodes, mm. you know, for 5 or $20 will do things that might take you a month to learn. Yep. And wh- why would you do that? You just wouldn't. So I actually learned how to do everything. I learned how to make e-covers, uh, you know, like graphical oh, representations wow. of magazine covers. I learned how to uh, build my own websites. And in hindsight, I mean, I actually don't build my websites anymore which is funny because I know how to build a website, I'm really good at it, and I don't build it. Do you reckon there's value in knowing the process that the people you're employing go through to do it, though? Well, I'm not sure that that completely holds true. Mm. You know, If I was to set up a feminine hygiene website, would I have to go through the process to truly be able to sell that? Or do you think I could bypass that step? Well, I'm not sure it would be possible for you to go through the process. Exactly. So I am in some markets where that would be impossible for me. Yep. And I th- so I think, you know, take it with a grain of salt, that whole having to know the whole steps. You don't really. Mm. You know, do you drive a car, Tim? I do. Do you know in every single possible detail exactly how every component of that car works? Probably. Or do you just get in and... 2%? push the throttle and uh, steer the steering wheel. The pedal on the right. Yeah, so I would argue you, you don't really need to know every minute. You, you do need to know some macro elements, sure. Uh, if, you know, if, you do know how, you know, if you know how to write an article and then you hire an article writer, yes, you'll know how much, you know, what's expected, what's standard to expect. But I could, I could put my hand up and say I don't really know all of the processes that my team do but I buy them information courses to study so that I don't have to, and they implement uh, with a far greater result than I could. They're, they're amazing. They're super, super talented, and I just can't possibly learn all the things that I need that I would need to do if I was going to do everything myself. Mm. 
Okay, so leave it to the experts. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think the top CEO of, of uh, the, you know, the biggest companies in the world know every single no. job within the company. Yeah, okay. Anything else you do differently? Well, like, you know, I'd just take more of my own advice now. <laughs> the things that I always knew to be true. That w- would you take action quicker? I mean, you're a pretty quick action taker anyway, but would you have taken action quicker? No, I've always taken now? action quickly. I'm not a full subscriber to take action, uh, the take action mantra. I would argue that you need to take the right action. I took a lot of wrong actions <laughs> before I got success. Yeah. And I would say I would pay more attention to the things that worked and tune into them faster rather than, uh, you know, I accidentally discovered half of the business models that I do now five years ago, but didn't do them correctly, and I had to go back and revisit them later. You know, I could have could have done really well with a few different business models, but I just didn't quite get it right. Mm. So, and were you looking to other people for solutions back then, or was it all in, you, you relied on yourself to... Back then, I was subscribing to a lot of the American information because they were the pioneers. And Are they still? No. No, absolutely not. Uh, sorry, Americans. But, you know, their whole, company, their whole country is in turmoil because they thought they were in charge and they thought they were fantastic, but they're not. And what's happened is the rest of the world is, is far more switched on now. I believe Australia has extraordinarily good talent I think there's some good marketers in the UK. Uh, there's, there's extremely good marketers in some of the uh, in some countries that you wouldn't pick, um, especially in the um, Arabic nations. Uh, they have extremely good uh, scientific brains. They're coming up with great solutions. And, and in fact, I know of a group of of uh, affiliate marketers, as we know, are salespeople, mm-hmm. <laughs> online commission-only salespeople, who can just take out any product, you know, within a week, they can they can dominate it, and they're they're coming from those regions. Yeah, okay. I think the the pioneer American gurus have had their best days, and and now the rest of the market is taking over. Mm-hmm. Mm. You still see uh, the majority of the stuff that you see online, or at least I see online, is American-based. Well, you might think so, but I think a lot of it is actually internationally based with American accents uh, designed for the American audience. I know of several uh, Chinese people who hire American voiceover artists (laughs) and have American sales pages for the American market. Wow. Really? Yes, so we're really digging up the secret spots now, aren't we? (laughs) And there's some very hot marketers from New Zealand who, who own some of the, the best-selling language products on ClickBank, on the ClickBank marketplace, and the best uh, animal training products are coming out of New Zealand now. Why is that? Because America got sloppy. Mm-hmm. Specific, so an, animal training products. So just give us an example of like a language product or an animal training well, product. Well, like a Rocket Language or Sit, Stay, Fetch. You know, they're, they're coming from New Zealand. Okay. And these are websites... Information oh, products, videos, networks, books, you know, multi-million networks. dollar businesses. Okay, cool. All right, now what, tell us, um, before we get stuck into the main question for this episode, which is um, the things to avoid when launching into an internet marketing business, what are the characteristics of a successful internet marketer that you've, that you've observed over the years, the ones that really nail it? What characteristics have they got? Almost all of them are very good at selling. 
Uh, that might sound extremely basic. <laughs> Everyone's just gone, oh, geez, that's not me. No, well, you know, I think you have to, be, you have to understand marketing and selling and, and how to communicate in a persuasive way to motivate people to take action. And if, if someone's rolling their eyes and saying, that's not me, well, I'll just say, well, you're not going to be successful online. I'm going to be that bold. And mm -hmm. so you've got to go and buy yourself a selling book or a mm -hmm. marketing book and educate yourself. There's no shortcut to that. Um, if, you know, the marketers make all the money, and it's worth noting that down. The technicians, the, the professors sitting around in their universities, they might be super smart. They might be extremely well-educated, but they're not rich. We'll just put a little asterisk next, next to that and say, except for the boys at Google. Well, you know, somewhere along the line, they must, have, they must have figured out some marketing. They've got some pretty funky branding going on, haven't they? They've, they've figured out. Um, they didn't have a big launch. They were just like, you know, I think Seth, Seth Godin recently posted. Google was just mentioned as an aside when they started. But I think, you know, occasionally uh, someone comes out with something that is such a game changer that it gets traction. Now, in Google's case, they still manage to get up a website and, and you know, get people engaged and use yep. their products. So I think they, like it or not, I, I still think that they have marketed. Well, yeah, their marketing relied on just their product. They, they, Amazing they lent, product is, yeah. is going to do a lot for you. Yeah. But it's definitely not the complete solution. It's, it's more about the marketing of the thing than the thing. Mm. Yeah, okay. So, okay, further characteristics. So, sales, marketing, tenacity, the ability to see an idea. No, I don't think that that's, I don't think that's super important. Uh, you know, Sam Walton championed the, the fact that copying pays better than innovating. You don't have to be an ideas guy to make it online. You just have, if, if anything, if you're a little less creative, then it will be easier for you because you can just see what other people are already doing and step into the market from that position. So I, one of the big mistakes people make is coming up with a great idea, you know, in quotes, mm. and taking this great idea to the market and nobody cares. They don't want this thing. It's not interesting to them. Mm. So a lot of passion projects end up flopping. So it's a, it is a big mistake. In one of my filters is if somebody's already doing it or not. If no one's doing it, I won't even start the project. That there's kills a, it for me. There's a reason. There's a reason they're not doing it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Any other characteristics? Characteristics of... Of a successful internet marketer? Of a successful internet marketer. Well, I think they have a business focus. They understand the main elements of a business. And... You know, there, there's a, a few ways to look at this. One is, you know, they'll have a good understanding of the, the process of the marketing where you have a prospect turning into a customer and that customer, um, you know, spends more things more often for higher profit margins. So that's how they actually end up with the money. And the other elements are that, that they've got the cornerstone sorted and it's, it's really well covered in uh, Vern Harnish's book, The Rockefeller Habits. But it's about systems and people and cash flow and one other, can't remember, execution, you know, 
that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yep. So if if you you know if you really have a strong grasp of those, then an internet marketing channel, remember it's a channel, not a business, yep. is is going to work okay for you. But I mean, let's face it, internet marketing has the word marketing in the name of it. It's all about marketing. Mm. This is this is uh, this is what the field is. It's so. If there are people listening, guys who are not uh, who are going, oh, geez, you know what? I'm not sure this is for me. I'm not into sales or marketing. Probably go and buy a few of Seth Godin's books. That'll be a good start to understand marketing. Yeah, and I, I would say Jay Abraham's book. Yep. Uh, getting, I think it's getting everything you can out of all you got. Yep. That's a classic book. And when I met with Jay Abraham, he told me that was his favourite book, book that he's ever written. Okay. He's written a few. Well, he, it wasn't the most popular selling, but it was his favourite mm-hmm. and the one he rated the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I truly believe it's worth learning. And, and if I reflect back on the difference between my business and other people's business, it's that I had a much better foundation in business and selling and marketing. And I just don't think you can substitute that. Another good resource would be Brian Tracy's Psychology of Selling. Oh, yeah. Just a, it's that. a classic um, CD set. Get it, listen to it. Learn to sell. I mean, everything in life is sales. You sell your wife on marrying you. You, <laughs> you sell your, your um, friends on going to a, see a particular movie. You sell the car salesman on letting you have the car for less money. You know all about that. <laughs> That's right. I mean... I just don't think that anyone's going to be worse off for learning that craft. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. And I think, yeah, there are a lot of people who think, oh, gee, I'm not a salesman. I hate selling. But That's okay. Just, just be ready for a life of poverty. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, we promise to be direct in this program. And I'm not going to pretend uh, something isn't the case. And in this case, I think that, that you have to have a grasp on marketing and selling. And selling's not bad or evil. A sale is just a change in situation from one situation to a better alternative situation. That's what a sale is. So people only buy things if they're going to be better off, if it solves a problem. So you should never feel bad about that. People won't buy from you if they're not going to be better off. So you're creating value. You're helping people. Yeah, fair enough. So that leads into what are the things to avoid when launching an internet marketing career because... um, there's a lot of things to look out for, or a lot of things to do. There's also a lot of things to avoid. And yes. things to avoid, they're going to cost you money, going to cost you time, going to cost you all sorts of things. Okay, well, step one is, I, I think, let's all agree that we're going to treat this like a real business. Yep. And that means you may need to see, see somebody to get the right structure set up. And I'm talking specifically about your accountant and perhaps a lawyer to get the right structure. I think one of the biggest mistakes I see people doing when they start is they start trading in their own entity. And I am not a lawyer or a solicitor, so I'm certainly not giving advice. But you could be leading yourself to a position of exposure. You know, I don't want to get all frightening. However, if you're going to trade online, it's just like trading in in normal life. You know, you may someone might want to sue you or something if you if you you know, for a bad transaction or they have sour grapes or something. Mm-hmm. I think it's worth having a, a structure behind you that gives you a little more protection. And also when you go to set up things like merchant facilities with a bank 
or you want to win a contract with somebody, they're going to look at your company or your business and and perhaps look for references or a history. So one of the fortunate things that I did early on is I set up an appropriate business structure to do business. Now, in most countries, there's a government body that you could go and see or look up their website that'll give you heaps of documentation on that. So I, I'd, I really like to get the foundations in place. So rather than build on the on the sand, we're going to build mm. on solid ground here. Yeah. Yeah. So that's step one. Well, these are things to avoid too. Remember. So that's that's one thing. Well, the, the avoidance would be not setting up a exactly. structure. That's, Don't that's avoid it. Don't. I mean, and sometimes that can be like, oh, really? I was hoping for a life of, you know, a painless life and free and easy, and now you're telling me to go to an accountant and go to a lawyer and get a concrete foundation. And but yep. but avoid, so avoid that at your own risk. Exactly. The the thing to avoid there is just, you know, setting up too quickly in the wrong entity. Mm. And one thing I always teach is start with the end in mind. And if you want to sell something at some point, it would probably be easier if it's in an entity name than in your own name. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's something to avoid. Uh, another thing to avoid is, and, and this is very common, is taking in too much information. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. I can't think of a single student that I've ever had that isn't overwhelmed with email. The first exercise we do is we, we make them do an email purge. That is to open up a new folder or label and send every single email that's in the inbox, and there's usually thousands, and just dump them into that, and it, and it could be uh, you know, for later. Optional step, uh, just send, send uh, people an email saying, listen, I'm, I'm just doing an email cleanse. I've decided not to read all the emails in my inbox, so if you did send me something that's important, I won't be reading it. <laughs> that's optional. Uh, but in any case... Start from scratch. Just yep. get your inbox to zero. Yeah, and I think too, probably people who are looking to enter the internet marketing world have probably signed up for everything. Oh, they have everything that's going. You know why? So. Because they're chasing everything for free. Yeah. Free yeah. this, free that. Yep. Free is not free. Free costs you time. Yeah, it, and it weighs heavily. You know that I know personally. Like I'm looking, at, and I've I have purged a lot of email subscriptions the last few months, and still got a lot coming through. But you know. I'm I'm no worse off for them not coming through, you know. There's that's it, and and you realise that you know what? Well, there's really a couple that I open regularly, and after that, you know, you, you think you're going to get to them. That's why there's thousands of them in there because well, you're actually obligated to read it in your mind if it's there. Mm. That's what's causing you this grief, this overwhelm. Yep. Every time you subscribe to a free something, if it, other than our free reports, of course, of course. Because they're valuable, and Going we don't send many. I would suggest, James. That's right. <laughs> Those reports, uh, you'll notice, we don't send them every day because we're not trying to overwhelm you. No. Uh, the thing is, you need to free yourself from it. So remember, every time you sign up for a report or uh, someone's list, they're going to market to you, and they're going to use every persuasion and selling device available to them to make you take action. That means you're going to be compelled to click on things and buy things, and it's going to cost you in the long run. So what I do is I set up a special filter for other marketers' email, and I actually make it go to a separate folder away from my inbox. And I look at it when I'm ready. When I want to look at it, I'll look at it. I don't look at it when they want me to look at it, because if I do that, they're in control of me, 
and not mm. the other way around. Mm. The second thing is, as soon as you get more than one or two emails from someone that you don't like or doesn't resonate with you or you feel they're just having a bit of a, a, bit of a lend of you, as we would say in this fair land, unsubscribe. As soon as you unsubscribe, you are freeing yourself uh, you know, in the future and, mm. uh, and you're getting one step closer to true freedom. Yeah, you are. Absolutely you are. And, and we don't need it all. You know, I think at some point too, you've got to figure out what source of informa- information you want to rely on and stick with it and, and just, yeah, let go of the rest. So you don't need many. And I, and I will declare there's probably only three or four people who I actually read mm. who make it into my inbox. And I'm receiving somewhere between 20 and 40 emails per day mm-hmm. now that I've managed to trim it. And so I would actually go so far as to suggest that that is the number one thing that stops people moving forward in internet marketing. So avoid signing up. Avoid signing up to every man and their dogs, free whatever. You don't really need all of that stuff. Mm. And have the good sense as soon as you realize it's not for you or it's not helping you achieve your goal to unsubscribe and don't go there again. Yep. Good advice. Um, I would also suggest uh, avoid trying to do things that you're really not expert in. We touched on that earlier, but the idea of actually just leave it to the experts and don't yeah, try and know the everything. Experts. So, you know, super tips here. We're really helping people get sorted out so that they're avoiding just setting up with a, a potentially dangerous structure. We've stopped them from getting a billion emails and sucking their time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know people who literally spend five hours a day reading through their emails and there's something I teach students and I think it's really, it's really cool. That is, you're either the one reading the emails or sending, sending the emails. Yep. And I know which one makes more oh, money. Oh, yeah. yeah. You don't get much money from reading emails, do you? No. You spend you, money. You spend money. You just suck time. It, it takes energy. Yeah. And you know what it's like. You get to the end of a session on the computer and you close the window browser and then there's another one under it, so you close that. Oh, yeah. And there's another one yeah. under it, and you close that, and then you close that, and you close that, and oh, there's that receipt, and then you're still half downloading the product you bought, and then you close the other window, and then you get to the last one, and you go, that's what I was going to do yeah. when I logged on. Absolutely, and, and just remember, this, we, the reason this show is called Freedom Ocean is, we, is we, because it is about being free, and, and being free of emails is a, is a massive one. And I really do believe that even when they're sitting there and you go, I'm not going to open them, the fact that they're sitting there and the fact that you subscribe to everything, it does weigh heavily. It, you, there's just something there in your psyche that's going, I know they're there. You've got to, I know you've got they're to there. Keep them all, keep yep. them away. So really what we're teaching is uh, is you know inbox relief, this sort of technique of just yep. just, get, just de-stress. What else should you avoid in uh, in launching an internet marketing career? Well, I think I think you know. Let's let's put some scenarios about our our potential listener here. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're working for someone else, they're they're obviously going to have to be careful about how they go about their business. Mm-hmm. You know, if this is a moonlighting thing or starting on the side, yep, you have to draw some lines as to what you what you want people to find or not. You know, what if your employer finds your website and he says, "Listen, it's your job your your job's on the line here. You're going to have to." Commit to me or commit to your business. Mm. Uh, so there's that. There is, um, you know, if they're in a if they're in a business, I think they really need to work out how valuable the internet potential payoff is versus their real business. 
whilst the internet is very leveraged and can help a normal business, you know, you've got to still tend to the normal business until your internet profit center is able to carry the business. So Yeah. And if they are moonlighting too, avoid TV. Avoid all those other distractions. Yeah, that, that's optional stuff. It, yeah. People say to me, oh, how do you have time? You know, well, gosh, I had four kids. I was working a full-time job. Two dogs. Well, Three. I had more than four, I think. <laughs> okay. And I still managed to grow my business to six figures in my spare time. And they say, well, I just don't have the time. Well, well do you watch TV? Yes. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah, look, I mean, that's an interesting one, and that's personal choice. But the reality is, I think what you'll find is when you do launch into this area of internet marketing and start developing products that are a real interest to you, a real personal interest to you, then you're just going to be set on fire, you know? Oh, and the idea you, of... You know, you couldn't stop me from getting home and onto that computer. Mm, like, mm. I'll tell you the indicators. The indicators are when you wake up, you're suddenly at your computer before <laughs> you've brushed your teeth or had a shower or anything. You're like, you're straight yeah. there to see what, what you've made over, overnight. Yeah. Uh, then you have, uh, when you get home from your day job... You fly off to the computer, you know, <laughs> as you're still taking the tie off. And, and yes, uh, well, there are certain marketers out there I know that have got a little buzz on their phone too, which uh, indicates a sale every time it goes to Ching or something. And I used to do that, uh, but it, it got it, a bit it, noisy. It was just too irritating. <laughs> as, uh, what would happen is my friends would come over, and they would start to build up resentment because yeah, right. you know it would, it would just go Ching, 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 Ching. <laughs> Uh, because there's quite often periods where I'll make a sale every few minutes mm-hmm. and it it actually, uh, I don't think it can happen with Gmail anyway, which is good. Yeah, okay. Probably a good <laughs> thing. Yes. Yeah, but look, I mean, not, we're not saying people stop watching TV and reading the gossipy magazines and having fun, but the reality is there's some stuff in our lives where, you know, we could be being more productive as opposed to just... And if you're going to watch TV, have the laptop on... Do some stuff. <laughs> well, you know, the way I looked at it is I was happy to sacrifice some TV time for a couple of years to never have to go to work ever again for the yeah, rest of my life. fair sacrifice. You know, and I went from one extreme to the other. In my last few months of my job until I quit, I was doing my full day at work and a full day's work at home. Mm. You know, I was working from 9.30 at night till 4 in the morning and getting up again at 7 mm-hmm. for the last uh, month or two. And, you know, I, I was surviving on the minimum possible sleep, but I, was, I could see the finish line. I was just about to, to, to grab it, you know. And, I, and when I quit my job, th- then suddenly it was like I could still spend six or seven hours on my internet business. But you had that other... But I had the other eight hours off. Yeah. Like I can literally sleep in, muck around, uh, have a swim in the pool, go for a, a bike ride, have, have coffee with my wife pick the kids up from school, have dinner, and then start work at mm. 9.30 at night, mm. three or four hours till 12, mm. 1 o'clock. I'm a bit of a night owl, and I've done my day's half-day half work. James, do, do, do our listeners have to go through, I'm, I'm going to say pain that you went through, clearly it wasn't because you were racing home to, to get into it, but, you know, once again, I don't want people turning off this idea of becoming an internet marketer because... All of a sudden, they're doing their eight hours at their day job and then they're going to have to come home and do another eight hours. I mean, clearly... You know, that, what we're talking about there is me building up $300,000 a year income. Yeah, replacing you know, that. Uh, in, from my internet business. If I was only earning $50,000 a year, 
I could have quit work a long time before that. Yep. Uh, it, it was actually fairly easy to go from a hundred thousand dollars a year to two hundred thousand dollars a year, and in the last hundred hundred and fifty thousand happened almost within a week. Mm-hmm. It was super easy. Why's that? Because you learn more and you and you can find leverage points that you can tap into. I actually had an epiphany. Uh, I, I had already built websites for people and I had this aha moment. I actually went back to them and said, look, would you, you know, I built the websites. Would you like me to help you get traffic? And they both said yes. And they went on a monthly maintenance program. Mm-hmm. And it, it took me a couple of hours to put together this deal, which was over six figures a year. So, you know, it, it was literally a few hours to, to, to make it happen. And that was the difference between me working and me not working. And it was always there. It was like Dorothy in, in The Wizard of Oz. If I'd yep. thought of it sooner, I could have done it six months before. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's interesting to, uh, in itself to sort of identify things that are right in front of your nose. Sometimes you need, either you need someone else to tap you on the shoulder or you just need a moment to sit back and have a look at what it is you've created. There's a, that book by the guys from 37 Signals, Rework, they, they talk about byproducts. Um, and sometimes we miss the, these in all our work, whether we're selling products or services or whatever we're doing, we actually are creating byproducts. Sometimes, and they, I think they use the example of the sawmill, where the sawmill chops the wood, sends it off to to home builders. But the byproducts of doing that are sawdust, wood chip, um, and you know some smart guy in the woodyard at some point a hundred years ago said, oh, you know, we can actually use that in concrete, and we can use that for fire blocks, and you know. It's no different to our businesses where we are creating these, um, these byproducts as a matter of recognising them and then turning them into revenue streams. Yes, well, it's sort of like the BDA method. It is. <laughs> it is. You know, as soon as you push record, you're creating a byproduct. Yep. And, uh, you know, go back to, gee, episode two, before, during and after is what James is referring to when he says BDA method. And yeah. It's, um, we'll talk about it more, well, I'm sure, often, but it's the notion of valuing time and do you want to be paid by the hour or... One of the best byproduct stories I can think of is the uh, byproduct of beer. Yeah. They, they take this, um, the yeast extract and they turn it into this delightful spread called Vegemite. They do too. You know, so if you're not from Australia, make sure you check out Vegemite. Put it on nice and thick. They'll, ne- they'll never talk to you. <laughs> they'll never talk to us again. I saw someone eating Vegemite with avocado the other day. Did you? Good on, it was on a menu. Oh, they've um, no idea what we're talking about. No, they won't. They won't. <laughs> but it's a, it's a really interesting... Co- it's a real eye-opener, the concept of byproducts. Okay, so let's step it back. I've scared, yep. I've scared the pants you have, off everyone. You have. So if anyone's still listening... Yeah, if you're still listening, just, just hear this. I have a community of hundreds of members who are able to take up this new art and turn it into income. And I, I counted dozens of students who have quit their jobs... And in many cases, it's happened way faster than it did for me. And that's because they're already using the same information that we're talking about now. So it never has to be as hard as I had it, to answer your question directly. You don't need to, to perhaps to make $300,000 before you quit your job. For most people, I think the average wage in our country is somewhere around fifty dollars or $60,000. That is more than achievable for most people, uh, you know, probably within 12 months of starting from scratch mm-hmm. with the right information. And for some people, I've seen them do it within weeks. You know, and th- that's unusual, but it's certainly possible. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah, you don't want to. Um, we don't want to scare too many people off. We just want to make it real. Want because as we real. touched on in episode one, there's a lot of people offering the, the silver bullet. Yep, you the know? special push that button, it'll yeah, all happen for the you. The big red pill, and, it, and, but it, and that's, it's not. That's how they make their. Yeah, yeah, that's how they that's make, how their, they make money. their money, yeah, right? Let's this. be very clear on that. Yeah, you know, if you want to sell a magic button, you'll get rich. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's not a sustainable business model. James, we're coming to the end of episode four. We have been saying over the course of a number of episodes, um, we'll give people the opportunity to start to access some of our resources, uh, and they can sign up to our website and and get infrequent updates from us and lists and to-dos and all sorts of goodies. Anywhere else you'd suggest they go right this minute or shall we keep the powder dry for another episode while they absorb some of this sort of mindset stuff that we're still talking about? Well, I think in in keeping with this episode, I think I'd rather set a homework task. Oh, nice. You know, I'm going to challenge our listener to go to their inbox and purge it. Be ruthless. Ready for a really good email. Yeah, because, you know, I'm going to say less in, more out, okay? Mm-hmm. The only way they're going to be producing and implementing these these tips is by having less stuff, less noise in the inbox. So even though it's uh, it, it sounds, uh, you know, I'm not trying to sell anything here. I'm selling you on the idea that you can be in charge of your activity and I'd like you to come back to the next episode with a clear inbox and ready to get stuck into the next chunk of information. Yeah, that, that's a great bit of homework. Not too hard. Well, this is homework that could really change your, the rest of your year. And it, it's a habit, if well-developed, will compound your income. There's no doubt about it. I've, I've never met anyone who I've helped with this who hasn't had a tremendous increase in productivity because they're simply not reading emails. Mm. They're actually doing stuff. Mm. All right. Well, that's I reckon that's a great bit of homework. Thanks, James. Uh, another content-rich episode of Free Motion, I'd have to say. So until next time, we'll see you later. See you later. Thanks for diving into the Freedom Ocean with James Schramko and Tim Reed. You've just come that little bit closer to living the life you choose. Please keep in mind that the ideas, opinions, and information shared in the show are those of the hosts and do not reflect those of their past employers. And as far as future employers go, well, they're pretty much both unemployable.